1: Hello and welcome to the Oral Health Foundation Oral Health Podcast. I'm Dr Ben Atkins and I've been a dentist for over 20 years. I'm also on the Board of Trustees at the Oral Health Foundation, so I'm delighted to be part of these new podcasts where we're going to be discussing the most current issues around oral health. This is the last of a three-part series in which myself and two guests will be giving a lot of good oral health advice, some of the most common pitfalls to avoid and how we can improve the health of our mouths. In the last two weeks we've talked about gum health and how diet influences our oral health. If you didn't catch these episodes you can go back over to the Oral Health Foundation's website at dentalhealth.org and listen back. In this third podcast we'll be all talking about dental erosion, what it is, how common is it and what causes it, what are the consequences for our health and importantly what can we do to prevent it. If you've heard my last two podcasts, you'll know my guests quite well. Firstly, Dr Nigel Carter. Nigel has been the Chief Executive of the Oral Health Foundation for the last 22 years. Previously a dentist based in Birmingham, he was recently awarded the OBE for services to dentistry and dental health. Hello Nigel.
2: Hi Ben, good to be here again.
1: Secondly, we're joined by Dr Saoirse O'Toole, a clinical lecturer at King's College London. Much of Saoirse's rec- research has been focused on tooth wear, so dental erosion is very much her area of specialism. It's a pleasure to have you here, Saoirse.
3: Thanks very much for having me.
1: Just before we start, I'd like to say a really big thank you to our sponsors for these podcasts, GSK. GSK are one of the largest providers of specialist oral health care products. GSK help people all around the world to do more, feel better and live longer. They also have some of the world's best love oral health brands, such as Sensodyne, Pro Enamel and Corsadil. To find out more information, visit sensodyne.co.uk forward slash about enamelware. Now, before we get on to dental erosion, this is the third week of the National Smile Month. This is a campaign by the Oral Health Foundation and aims to engage everybody about the importance of a healthy mouth. It's also one of the main reasons we're doing this podcast today. So Nigel, can you tell me more
2: about Smile Month? National Smile Month is actually one of the world's longest running oral health campaigns. Uh, We're now in our 43rd year, believe it or not, and we've been promoting the benefits of oral health and the benefits of the smile to the general public through the campaign uh, over all these years. Uh, it f- has lots of fun activities in it where we've got dental practices, uh, having open days, we've got dentists going out into the community, going out into schools, colleges, universities, activities in the workplace, all sorts of things going on, focused around uh, our smiley, the the smile on a stick, and focusing in a fun way on an important subject, which is the importance of having good oral health and a healthy smile. And this is not only important in the obvious areas that we think about when it's up close and and personal, when we meet somebody, and very often a smile is the first thing that we see, but there's also a lot of serious research out there that shows how important the smile is to how we do in life and what we achieve. Smile very important when you're going along for a job interview or a university interview. So throughout our life, Um, having that perfect smile, looking after our oral health, very important. And National Smile Month really takes a month in the year for us to focus on this. So, carrying on today's subject of dental
1: erosion, basically, simply, what is dental erosion?
3: So, if you imagine that your teeth are made up of minerals, which they are, they're made up of uh, they're made up of mineral crystals. And what dental erosion is, is when the acids from our diet and sometimes from the, our stomachs. Uh, start to erode away at these minerals so just take these minerals from the teeth and this leaves behind a softened tooth structure which is then more easily removed by things like toothbrushing or grinding your teeth. It's pretty similar to the way that a dental statue will start to melt away from acid rain.
1: So what's the difference between well, dental erosion and tooth decay?
2: It's very difficult actually for people to understand and we often struggle with this. I I have a lot of conversations um, with journalists over the years uh, and it's quite difficult to grasp. They're both acid attack but they're on two different parts of the tooth and they're caused by different mechanisms. Dental decay is caused by acids being produced by sugar meeting the bacteria in dental plaque and that tends to affect in between the teeth and the pits and fissures in the teeth and eventually causes uh, cavities. Dental erosion on the other hand is from the acid that's actually in those foods and drinks that we're bathing our teeth in and as a result of the fact that we're bathing them rather than just being in the areas where the plaque accumulates then that tends to occur more on the smoother surfaces of the teeth. So same mechanism that it's dissolution of the hard tooth structure, the enamel, but two totally different mechanisms and in different areas. So, how can I tell if I've got dental erosion as a patient? What,
1: So What would you look for if you're looking in the mirror at your own teeth?
3: So, it's a very slow-moving pro, uh, process. Um, initially, what you might have is a little bit of dental sensitivity. Um, as the acids remove the top layer of your tooth and that just opens up the, those crystals it can allow a little bit more of those cold stimuli in or, or sweet stimuli. The other thing then as the dental erosion starts to wear away your teeth is that you can notice uh, they become a little bit thinner, they might become a little bit yellower, they might start chipping. Uh, you might start to notice that the the cusps or the biting surfaces of the teeth start to become a little bit inverted, so they're not as uh, as pointed as they used to be. But the main reason why is uh, thinning of the teeth and yellowing of the teeth is, is how patients present to us. Often people don't know until their dentist tells them. Uh, they have dental erosion and that's a good thing that's whenever we can prevent it and you know that if it doesn't get any worse it's not going to affect you so that's why attending a dentist regularly and getting screened for uh, dental erosion or erosive tooth wear as we sometimes call it um, is a good thing
1: i always see with my patients that erosion can come in fits and starts so you can get some children with erosion or you can get some adults what are the causes nigel what what the causes of dental erosion? I always talk to my patients about intrinsic and extrinsic factors and that, uh, from the inside and outside you know so
2: yeah I think really it is these some people will have particular um, dietary issues and the erosion that we might have. Um, It's a phenomenon that we've only really looked at relatively recently on uh, children's teeth. But uh, 30, 40 years ago, it was usually somebody who'd got odd dietary habits, like they were sucking lemons or something like that, and really, literally dissolving their teeth. Um, Over the last few years, and the the greater uh, frequency that we're seeing it in children, it's really down to... Uh, The carbonated drinks, the fizzy drinks, um, most of which are acidic, unfortunately, even the sugar-free ones. So with the sugar-laden ones, you're getting a double whammy because you could get decay and erosion, um, but you can get erosion with them all. So it's really back to the message that we've been plugging for very many years now that the only safe drinks for uh, teeth are milk and water.
3: Yeah, I'd agree. I think that we're drinking less milk and water and that's impacting on our teeth. We discussed that last week. Um, but it's it's the frequency of what we're having it as well. So things like juices, things like cordial in water, things like a squeeze of lemon in water, a squeeze of lime in water, uh, any type of flavoured water is going to be acidic and we're in consuming those at an increased level.
1: So we We've we've touched on food and drinks and certain things, but what about other medical conditions that are systemic that is in the rest of the body that can cause issues with erosion?
3: So any condition where the contents of your stomach uh, come up into your mouth, um, the most common one is gastric reflux. Uh, patients might know that as heartburn or coughing. Uh, it will cause dental erosion. And we do see a lot more tooth wear in patients with gastric reflux. Another one is vomiting eating disorders um, where vomiting obviously comes up into the mouth and uh, can cause a a huge amount of destruction. I think in in those cases, your best bet is just to go to your dentist, discuss your concerns. There won't be any judgment and we can maybe help uh, to work on preventive measures that we can take.
1: I think it's something that as a dentist can work with. Your doctor to say, look, there, there's something going on here that we're we're not 100% sure about. In in my eyes, it's the uh, it's I don't know uh, the eating too many spicy foods, which cause too much heartburn. And you'll often find when patients have got a really um, a really high level of erosion, they say, oh, do you have heartburn? Oh yeah, I have that. And, and well, actually, let's have a chat with your Jeep. So it can be something simple that you can really help by going to your dentist. So it's a really good idea to get your teeth checked out just to say yes we're okay so regular visits to the dentist are really important
3: and spicy foods as well can actually be quite acidic as well so things like curries tomato based curries the other thing maybe to touch on are things like habits so snacking on things over a long period of time if you do tend to chop up an apple into small pieces and eat it over 20 minutes you're much more likely to have tooth wear or dental erosion than somebody who just eats that apple in five minutes and also if you tend to hold drinks in your mouth or some people swish the drinks around their mouth or sip things slowly that'll also increase your risk of getting dental erosion
1: so really it's reducing the frequency of eating um thinking about what is actually acidic in your diet and seeing what methods you can do to change that milk and water we've mentioned and
3: cutting down the time that you spend having them so if yeah. you can down the hatch
2: yeah, I, th- I think there's a, a message across the board that grazing is not good for you, and mm, yes. we tend sure. to have become a nation of grazers. So the, the phrase that I've used many times over the years is we've turned from three square meals a day, uh, after which the teeth get lots of time to recover, into seven to ten snack attacks. So we've got our teeth constantly under attack uh, in office uh, and work situations, we've changed from the coffee lady coming around in the morning and the tea lady coming around in the afternoon to the desktop top desk drawer open with a can of fizzy drink in it which is being constantly sipped and it's those sort of changes in social habits that have really had a, a, a bad impact on our teeth
3: what we see as well with dental erosion is it often tends to be very healthy people as well so it's the people who are drinking juices um uh, Putting lemon in water um, and snacking on fruit that have dental erosion. Whereas with tooth decay, it tends to be um, uh, people from lower socioeconomic status, although I don't know if I can say that. I
0: think you can. Maybe I you, you can. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. Um, with tooth decay, it tends to be people from a lower socioeconomic status, whereas with mm. dental erosion, it Generally, tends to present in clean mouths because surfaces generally are plaque-free for the acid to attack it, and it can generally be higher socioeconomic status and people who are very health concerned. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Leading on from the health concerns, we often, the biggest worry, the biggest worry, but a worry that I often come across is sports drinks and this this linking with a very high sugar content drink and mm. sports. You know, yes. we're advertising to children, you, you want to drink this brand, it's with the, and actually when it comes down to it, milk and water have been proved, they just that's the best thing for my patients to have so how do you how
2: safe are these really they're not and i mean they were developed for a particular need for high performance athletes to get um energy in uh very few of the people that are drinking buying them in the supermarket and drinking them are operating in that high performance level Uh, and I mean we strongly believe that they should actually be banned from sale because kids having these very high sugar um, high acidity drinks they're getting a double whammy uh, bad for their oral health and actually not good for their general health in any way either
3: no they're essentially a sugar hit uh, like any of the other drinks and the problem with having them as sports drinks is if you are having them while you're participating in the sport so what we can sometimes see is swimmers and then in between laps they'll have these sports drinks and that's again just a constant frequency of intake and their teeth aren't getting the chance to recover whereas they wouldn't have a problem if it was just plain water I think um, something that was quite interesting about the Oral Health Foundation and GSK research was that one in seven wrongly think that cheese is acidic and nearly one in ten believe that nuts and bread might lead to erosion. We would classify these as as safe snacks and cheese may be acidic, so yogurt has a pH of four, uh, some yogurts, but because it's so high in calcium and so high in phosphate, it can cause no damage to your teeth. So... Dentally things with dairy are offset because of the high calcium and phosphate even though they may have a low ph
1: and i think that's really difficult for anybody to understand that unless you've <laughs> you're doing a phd in you know <laughs> it, it's interesting but having something put simply to patients really does help yes. how can dental erosion be treated is there anything we can do as a dentist to treat though these patients
3: so we have pretty good evidence to say that if you stop the causing factor so if you cut down on the frequency of having um acidic fruits and drinks particularly between meals that your um, dental erosion will stop and it won't get to a worse stage so i think identification and prevention is really the big issue here um If you get to a stage where your teeth are very, very badly worn down, it's a huge treatment plan ahead of you. So we did an audit in the hospital and we found that it was about two to three years of treatment, about 24 visits over those two to three years, and it can be very, very expensive. So preventing it, watching your diet is very important to catch it really early on before you need that level of care.
1: Some of the new research that the GSK and the Oral Health Foundation did recently. Um, For example, one in four British adults do not know that citrus fruits or oranges or lemons are acidic. It's interesting, but it's also, John, do you think it's how they eat those? You know, we were talking in the previous podcast about breaking down the cell walls, Nigel.
2: Yeah. I mean, I find that quite amazing that one in four don't realise that. Citrus fruits, in particular, uh, are acidic. But we do also have this issue of how people. We know we're only getting three to three and a half of our five a day as a as a nation, Um, and everybody knows we should be having five a day. And there are arguments out there that we should be getting seven portions of Asian um, Australia (laughs) fruit fruit and and uh, vegetables a day. And so often, for some reason, people want them in a different way. So they're mashing them up, they're putting them in these machines that create juices or slurries or smoothies or or whatever. And you're actually losing all the goodness that we're taking them for. The reason why we want fruit and vegetables in there is for their nutritional content and a large part of that nutritional content is the fiber if you mash things up into a pulp then you've taken away exactly the thing that you're um, eating them for Uh, and people simply don't understand enough about their diet they don't understand what a balanced diet is they're too reliant on processed foods Um, And even a lot of those can be uh, acidic without people realizing.
3: So the citrus fruits, the reason why citrus fruits in particular are bad uh, from a dental erosion point of view is that they contain citric acid. And that citric acid not only is acidic unto itself, but it actually binds with the calcium in teeth and just can remove it from the teeth in its own right. And that's why we want you to eat citrus fruits, but ideally with meals. And that way that the citric acid and the citrate combined with other things in the food rather than attacking your teeth. And then, as Nigel was saying, there's often citric acid in, in processed foods, which you're not aware of. And that's where looking at the labels, finding out if there's any acids in the back and then just offsetting. So we know that a certain level of acid consumption is safe. It's just trying to cut down on the amount you're having them per day.
2: We mentioned earlier on as well, there's a a lack of knowledge around uh, the fact that even diets, uh, fizzy drinks are are acidic and around a third of people don't recognise that. Uh, But even more worryingly, uh, we come on then to things that people regard as a healthy change in their diet to move from coffee tea to fruit teas Mm. they're highly acidic and around two-thirds of people didn't recognize that um, fruit teas were uh, acidic people don't recognize that fizzy water is acidic and it and it goes on Um, when we when we come on to the thing that we might all enjoy of an evening uh, nearly half of people didn't recognize that red wine was acidic so you know it is It is about education, it's about extra awareness, it's about uh, being aware Uh, as we've been talking previously about the amounts of sugar in food, but here about the amounts of acid in our food and taking steps to change our diet and control these.
3: So fizzy water actually by itself isn't the most acid-damaging thing you can have. And if somebody is going from something like a cola drink or a fruit juice or one of those drinks to fizzy water, that's a definite step in the right direction. The problem that happens with fizzy water is if you put fruit in it. Um, so if you have uh, fizzy water with lime, then you've got the action of the bubbles, which can damage your teeth, and then mixed with the citric acid in the lime. So I drink fizzy water. I drink fizzy water on a regular basis, but I don't have it with lemons or any fruit flavorings.
1: So I think you're looking at the majority of these statistics we've got, that everybody is often feels that they're aware that acidity is bad for you, but often what products they're in. So do you feel... Food manufacturers and drink manufacturers have a... It's another traffic light system. Are we diluting? Should we educate patients this way? Who's responsible for that? Or is it an understanding for ourselves that um, life's about balance, life's about taking in things in moderation and deal with that? But what's your thoughts?
3: So I, I think, as Nigel said... The safe drinks are water and milk, and then to have those as much as as much as you want, as much as you can. If you are going to be having your orange juice in the morning, then maybe don't have a cola at lunchtime. And just try and balance it that way so you have everything in moderation. I think we should all just really be trying to increase our water intake um, and try and move away from these caffeinated soft drinks and go back just to normal tea coffee.
2: Erosion, I think, is is certainly a problem which we've seen to be increasing. Uh, as we said, I think a lot of that is down to the drinks element of it. So this is one that can be relatively easily controlled. Uh, and when we look at the combination effect with a lot of these drinks also having sugar in, uh, that's the one where we're really looking at you know, dent- dental erosion, is a problem. It can be disfiguring. Uh, It can lead to pain, but it is much less prevalent than dental decay. So, you know, our prime thing has got to be to get that sugar down. If we're getting the sugar down, then we're going to be moving away from the fizzy drinks containing um, sugar. Let's cut them out altogether. Go for the safe option of milk and water. uh, And we're going to have the benefit of reducing erosion as well.
3: I'm not sure it should be labelled on packaging because I think we pretty much know that everything that isn't milk or water um, uh, and, and some of the milk-based drinks are, are going to be acidic.
1: I think that's a really nice point because if you just take that to carte blanche then you know what's happening, you know what... It's a rule. If everyone sticks to milk or water are fine, if you tea... Tea, tea you
3: know, coffee as well, all fine. As long as... Obviously try and have it without sugar and then herbal teas are, are not acidic. Anything with fruit... Uh, flavorings are going to be acidic, yeah. so peppermint, chamomile, all of those very safe for your teeth.
1: So, if we find we've had incidents of erosion, we've been to our dentist. What products do you think we can actually use once we've identified the, the issue, the acid in our diet? What can we do to change?
3: So the most important thing is to cut down on the frequency, and that's going to override any advice on products. So no matter what you use or what oral health product you use, if you're still consuming acids at a, at a rapid rate, it's not going to have any benefit. There's pretty good evidence to suggest that brushing twice a day with the fluoride toothpaste, um, again, will help to prevent dental erosion. There's one study done that says the fluoride mouth rinse at a separate time to brushing, again, will uh, help to prevent dental erosion. Um, and these are all just messages that we're targeting across all of oral healthcare in general anyway.
1: So we've discussed what we should look for, we've discussed what causes. Is there anywhere else we should go with regard to dental erosion if you're concerned over it?
3: There is a new website that's been developed uh, which explains it for patients and dentists called com. And there's a patient section and a dentist section, and that's been developed by academics, industry, uh, dentists, um, all to help inform you and, and advise you where to go. The most important thing, though, if you're worried, is just to go to your dentist and ask them about it.
1: And with that, I believe our time is up. So a huge thank you to Dr Nigel Carter and Dr Sersha O'Toole for being with us today. Certainly, with patients I see, dental erosion is often misunderstood, and I think today will be really useful. Hopefully our audience will think so too. So I'd like to remind everybody, if they want to learn more about dental erosion, visit the Oral Health Foundation's website, dentalhealth.org. As it's National Smile Month, we could also do with your support championing good oral health. So please visit smilemonth.org for more information about our charity's campaign and how you can get involved. We're also bringing to an end this mini-series in oral health podcasts. For the final time, thank you to Dr Nigel Carter and Dr. Sersha O'Toole for your input has been invaluable, and I've really enjoyed the last few weeks. Another big thank you to GSK, who've kindly sponsored this podcast. Without their support, we wouldn't be able to be here recording this today.
0: Hold up.
1: So for the last time, I'm Dr Ben Atkins and thank you for tuning in. We hope to be back really soon for another series of Oral Health Foundation Oral Health podcasts. Goodbye.